Hey everyone, and welcome back to my podcast where it's all about movie commentaries here. This week, I'm so excited because it is Eclipse Week. Woo! This is my favorite book and movie. I also worked this movie, so I remember all the craziness. I remember that we sold t-shirts for it, and for some reason that was super exciting. And of course I bought one, and even with my employee discount, I think it was still $15, and all it said was Twilight Saga Eclipse on it, but I didn't care because I got a Twilight shirt, and that's really all that mattered at the time. I don't exactly remember what opening weekend was like, because the t-shirts just really just stuck in my brain. That's really all I've taken away from this movie was those (laughs) t-shirts. But this movie graced our theater screens almost 12 years ago. So before I start feeling way too old, let's get into this movie. As always, we start out with our cast. All of our usual crews back with just a few noobs. First off, we have Riley, who's played by Xavier Samuel. I don't really know of anything else he's been in. This may have been his one-hit wonder. He may have just been in something else that I've just never seen. You guys just let me know, because I'm not totally sure. But then we also have Victoria, who is not new, but the person who's playing her is new. So instead of Rochelle Lefevre... I'm probably butchering her name, and I'm so sorry for anybody who knows how to actually pronounce it. But instead of her, we now have Bryce Dallas Howard. We also get to meet Harry Clearwater's kids, Leah and Seth, played by Julia Jones and Boo Boo Stewart. Yes, his real name is Boo Boo, but we're not going to harp on that. They are in the werewolf pack, so of course we will dive into their story a little bit later. We don't really dive in way too deep with them. We just meet them. We hear a little bit about Leah, but not really a whole lot about Seth because he's the baby brother and he's the youngest in the pack. We do find that out, but that's really nothing crazy. But Leah's story is pretty interesting, so we'll dive into that just a little later. You guys already know, though, that I'm going to talk about this soundtrack because I talk about every soundtrack for these movies because they're just so perfect. I'm just like, mwah, ugh. But this one particularly I loved the most, probably because this one's my favorite movie, but they just got significantly better every single movie. And I loved the last two soundtracks. They were also great, but I don't know. Something about this one, it's just different. I don't know. It's just the best, but maybe I'm biased. I don't know. But I'll tell you what's not perfect is the wig that Bella is sporting. It's not as bad as Jacob's wig, but it's far from good. In some moments, you can tell that they used Kristen Stewart's real hair. and some moments, you can tell that they used a wig. Like, it's that prominent. And I can't remember why her hair was short. I can't remember if she was already doing the runaways when they were filming Eclipse. And that's why they had to use the wig, I'm guessing, for reshoots. But it's awful, you guys. And Kristen Stewart has very pretty hair. So the wig just, ugh, it was terrible. So anyways, like I said, we have a noob and his name is Riley and we meet him at the beginning. Like we open up the movie with him and he's walking out of a bar and then he gets attacked and bit and then we don't see him again for a hot minute. So talk about an entrance, definitely memorable. But if you do remember, we left off New Moon with Edward proposing to Bella and us not knowing the answer. Well, we get that answer in this movie. First, it's a no, because Bella wants Edward to change her before they get married, but Edward wants to get married first. So it's, you know, battling out a little bit. So it's really complicated to say the least. 
What else is complicated is that Edward really doesn't want Bella to see Jacob, so of course, that's not going to stop her. That's going to make her want to go see him more. I mean, come on now. Tell her she can't do something. She's definitely going to want to go do it, right? Plus, he's like her best friend, like her only true best friend. Because let's be real, Jessica and Mike and all of them, that's like face value friendship. They don't know that she's dating a vampire and is besties with a werewolf. So you really only got a real close circle of friendship here. And if you eliminate one, she's really got nobody else. So cut her some slack. I get he's in love with her. That's awkward. But just a smidge of slack. We're going to flip back to Riley real quick. Apparently, it's been a year since he went, quote unquote, missing. His parents have Charlie on the case now. So on top of that, sketchy things are happening in Seattle where Riley went missing. Coincidence? I'm thinking no. And apparently the Cullens are tracking the situation in Seattle, but no one clued Bella in on this. So she's out of the loop. Shocker. But while all this is going on, Bella and Edward take a trip to see Bella's mom in Florida, mainly so that Bella can see her mom for possibly the last time. Secondly, Edward wants Bella out of town, but we're going to get more into that later. Bella's mom, though, is under the impression that she is going to college in Alaska. That is the best story that they could come up with. Really? Alaska? I mean, I get it. You got to make it seem like she's going far away, but we could have done a little bit better than Alaska, I think. I don't know what I would have done, but I don't think Alaska would be my number one choice. So like I said, the second part of them going out of town was just to get Bella away. Well, that's because our bestie Victoria is back. And not only are the Cullens after her, but so are the wolves. So conflict. Speaking of the wolves, remember when I said we meet Harry Clearwater's kids? Well, the awkward thing about Leah is that she used to be Sam's girlfriend until Sam met Emily and imprinted on her. And if you don't know about imprinting, it basically equals that you're finding your soulmate. So that is all a super awkward situation for everyone involved because of wolf telepathy. So if you catch my drift. Back to Riley again. Sorry, we're going to be flipping back and forth because that's what the movie does. So the this episode is going to feel a whole lot like that movie. Back and forth, back and forth. But anyways, back to Riley, who is back in Forks now and breaking into Bella's house to steal some of her clothes, which will come into play in a little while. But we do think that he is going to hurt Charlie, but he's vanished by the time Bella comes home. So Charlie's safe. We can all take a breather. So once the Cullens figure out, though, that Bella is being hunted, basically, they give her another protection detail. And surprisingly, the wolves help, thanks to Jake. But one night, while the Cullens are out hunting, Bella decides that she's going to hang with Jacob that night, and she ends up crashing a council meeting with him. But this is where we basically learn why the Coyote tribe and the Cold Ones don't get along and why they have this treaty, basically. So I'm going to give you a quick little rundown of it. Basically, a vampire came and killed a lot of the Quillouette tribe, and they, in return, killed this vampire. Well, that made his lady mad, so she came to avenge his death, and while she is attacking their town, the chief is trying to kill her, but is not succeeding, so his third wife, yes, third wife, distracts her by stabbing herself so that she bleeds and makes the vampire lose focus so that the chief can then kill the vampire. So remember that because it's going to come into a parallel later that sacrifice is what saved them. 
Well, after that history lesson, we find out that Riley has an army of newborn vampires that are in Seattle. So that's super duper. We love that for him. Bella, though, is struggling with not being able to see her friends or parents if she changes. So we're having a little inner conflict here. And on top of all that, we have Jacob fighting super hard to get Bella to choose him, which leads to him kissing her, her punching him in the face, and her breaking her hand. So I'd say he's really not doing too hot in his endeavor. But when she breaks her hand, we of course have Carlisle fix it. And she makes a comment about how tough of a newborn she's going to be, which pisses Rosalie off, which then leads us into Rosalie's story, which is one of my favorites in the book because it was way more detailed, but it's also a very terrible story. I'm not saying that it's my favorite because of how the story goes. It's a very terrible story. I just like that we got to hear her backstory because honestly, she's just a bitch and you just don't even know why. And then you figure out why. Basically, she wanted to get married, have kids, do the whole shebang. So she was engaged to this guy named Royce, who was a real winner. And him, along with his friends, attacked her and leave her for dead. And that's when Carlisle finds her and changes her. I kind of cleaned it up a little bit from what the book is and what you kind of ensue from the movie. But that leads her to getting revenge on these men, one by one, leaving Royce for last. And she busts up in his room to kill him in her wedding dress yes for the theatrics we love it and she even says that she was a bit theatrical back then and i appreciate that about her because you never get to see her be like a nice little playful person she's just so cold and distant and that kind of explains why she tells Belle the story because she wants her to understand what she's giving up and wants her to understand that her life is going to totally be different and bella says that there's nothing she's going to want more than Edward. And Rosalie's like, no, there is one thing you're going to want more. And that's blood. Mic drop. I just want to sprinkle in. We do figure out that the Volturi know about the newborn army and aren't trying to stop them. So we'll sprinkle for you in that. We have made it to graduation though. And I just have a question and I've never really thought about it until I saw on TikTok, this person talking about it and they made me think about it. After all of these schools that the Cullens have been in and graduated from, how are not one of them valedictorian? Like, it's not going to blow their cover if they're super smart. I've just never really thought about it like that. I was like, oh, they've just been in high school a bunch. Whatever. And then, you know, Jessica was valedictorian. But now that I'm older, I'm like, they've been in so many schools. They could one of them could take turns being valedictorian at every new school they go to. Be like, oh, you were valedictorian last time? You get to be at this time. It's pretty easy because you know they got to be geniuses. And what is graduation without a party? And this party definitely gets a better grade than the last party, except for them finding out that the newborn army is heading their way. That is kind of a bummer, but it was still a B-plus party. So all in all, way better. The wolves agree to an understanding... And them, along with the Cullens, get a fighting lesson from Jasper on how to deal with the newborns. And why Jasper, you ask? Well, he used to train newborn vampires for the vampire who turned him during the Civil War. And after he left Maria's army, he met Alice, and they're just the cutest. And that's the end of that story. We do find out, though, that it's not Riley's newborn army, but Victoria's. Her and Riley are a thing, so she's basically manipulated him into this whole scheme of things. She 
told him that she can't make any decisions because hers are being watched. So in return, he has to make the decisions. So everybody's basically going after him, but he doesn't know that. So poor guy. He didn't really know what he was getting into with all this. The Cullens do have a plan though. The plan is lure the newborns to a field with Bella's scent where they can battle it out but they're going to have Jacob carry Bella to a campsite on top of a mountain, I might add, where Edward will be waiting for her so that her scent will be masked, which is not the best plan, but I'll tell you why later. It's very frustrating. And why they didn't think of it, I don't know, but I'm not the one in charge of the plants. They were, so that's that. But before this big battle can happen, the Cullens have to go hunting. Well, all of them except for Edward. Leaving Bella and Edward alone. So she for sure wants to have sex with him. But Edward is way old-fashioned and wants to be married first. Which is cute. And Bella kind of makes fun of him. And I'm like, girl, you want to marry this man. And you are judging him and making fun of him because he wants to wait. That is not nice. And he should dump you for it. But no. That leads us into, yet again, this poor boy asking this girl, yet again, to marry him. And she finally gives him an answer. And it's a yes, of course. No one is surprised by that. I will say her ring is not my favorite, but that is just my opinion. It's pretty. It's just not something I would wear. Now, her wedding dress, that's a different story. I love it. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I will get into that in the next episode. So after this lovey-dovey proposal is the day that we're supposed to make the hike up the mountain. So the day before the battle. So we make it up to this mountaintop where Bella almost freezes to death until Jacob saves the day. So good call on him for staying the night. But while this is all going on, we do kind of see the guys have an understanding, sort of, kind of. They both know that she's in love with both of them, even though she won't admit that she's in love with Jacob. We all know that she is. She just loves Edward more. We know that. But they kind of come to an understanding that like, hey, I will kill you if she chooses you. Vice versa. But sort of, kind of, not really. They're still not friends. And that's okay. It's whatever. But I should also add that they didn't tell Jacob about them getting married. But don't worry. He finds out anyways. Which leads Jacob and Bella to have their first legit kiss. I know that makes a lot of sense. But it only happened because she didn't want Jacob going into the battle not focused and overly upset because he finds out the morning of the battle. And honestly, it was a very built-up kiss. And in the book, it's like so awesome for us Team Jacob people. But in the movie, it was so awkward because Taylor Lautner and Kristen Stewart, sorry, Kristen Stewart, to me, don't have that good like sexual chemistry to me like they have a good relationship chemistry like they're very cute in the like oh he wants to love you and she's really cute at the flirting thing but them is like kissing and everything like that it just doesn't work it is not smooth it's just awkward but it happened everybody was excited about it but when you rewatch it you get less excited about it in my opinion but anyways back to what we're talking about which is what's going down The battle is about to happen, so Seth actually came to relieve Jacob, so after that big kiss and all sorts of stuff happened, he goes down to battle, and Seth stays with them, and then all of a sudden, it's looking really good, everything's going the way it should, 
And then Victoria ends up finding Edward and Bella because she tracked Edward's scent. This is why this was not a good plan because she's like, she knew that Edward wasn't going to leave Bella. Bella, Bella wasn't going to leave Edward, you know. Why they didn't think of this ahead of time, I don't know. Because they should have known that even if her scent was masked when he's taking her up the mountain, she's still going to be able to call his scent and be like, oh, they're probably together. Because she's not stupid. But that's just me ranting and raving about that. Anyways, no worries. Because Edward kills her with a little help from Bella, which is that parallel that I was talking about. She ends up cutting her arm to distract Victoria because she's literally about to kill Edward because she brings back up being Riley and they're literally about to tear him apart and she cuts her arm and distracts both of them. Edward's able to kill her and then Seth is able to kill Riley. So sacrifice y'all. It works in this case. And she didn't even die like the chief's wife did. She got to live. So not really sacrifice, but distraction. It works. So after all that big hubbub, we make it back down to the field where all of the newborns are dead. Or so we think. One pops out and Leah, of course, tries to go after him, which leads her getting into trouble, which leads Jacob trying to come and help her and save her, which in turn leads him into getting hurt because this newborn vampire basically crushes half of his body. So good job, Leah. Can't put it all on her. Jacob, no, Jacob couldn't have let her die. I was about to say that because he couldn't because they're in a pack. It's a thing, but she was still stupid and she keeps like going. She's like, oh, I had it. I had it. No, girl, you didn't. You didn't have it or else he probably wouldn't have had to step in, but they get him out and they get him to Billy's and Carlisle says, okay, when the Volturi are gone, I'll come back and check on him. And then the Volturi shore up and they act like they have no idea what's been going on with these newborns. And then they see that they have saved one because it's this one girl. And I think her name is Brie. And I believe she was supposed to get her own backstory. I could be wrong about that. Someone fact checked me on that because I'm not 100% sure. But I remember after this movie came out, everybody was like, oh, Brie's going to get her own book. She's going to get her backstory. Da, 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 da. She was supposed to be pretty important. And then she got killed in Eclipse because they were like, oh, we can't leave one hanging because that's evidence. So they kill her and then they bust up out of there. But someone fact checked me because I'm pretty sure she was supposed to get her own book unless I am making that up, which is also highly likely. I don't know. <laughs> it's been, God, it's been 10 years since this movie came out. So I could have made that up along the way. So after the Volturi make their grand exit, Bella goes to check on Jake, who basically pours out his heart to her about how he's exactly right for her. And she, in return, tells him that she does love him, but she didn't say anything because she knew it wasn't going to change anything, which I get. And he, in return, tells her that he just needs some time away from her. And I think that's the best thing. Poor boy literally got his half of his body broke and his heart broken all at the same time. Poor thing. So he does need some space to heal and... Which is the best thing because now Belle has a wedding to plan. And they set the date. It was August 13th, which I think she said is a month before her birthday because she said she didn't want to be another year older than Edward. So that is what we have to look forward to in the next movie is the wedding. And with all that, that concludes our Eclipse Watch. 
always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And in two weeks, so that's February 4th, we will be continuing the saga. Actually, we're finishing up the saga with part one of our final movie, Breaking Dawn Part 1. So go to my TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. They're all at Movie Theater Mom. Please go give me a follow. I would super appreciate it. Just like I appreciate you guys listening to me ramble on today. So until next time, I'll see you.